G'day, how are ya? Uh, welcome to episode number 53 of the Average Man Podcast Media. Uh, that song's been chosen because uh, it relates to one of the current event stories that I'm going to talk about later on in the, um, the podcast, so I won't say too much more about it now. We'll get to that when we when we get to it, but it ties in very, very nicely with uh, a story that, that emerged uh, during the week. So it's Saturday night, must be the, the 8th. The 9th, Saturday the 9th, I guess, of um, November, man. We are motoring along, and um, yeah, it's been... Well, first of all, just do my shout-outs, and then we'll jump into the podcast. Um, all, as always, shout-outs to Two Way High Services, um, PCC Productions, the audio-visual specialists, uh, captured by Carlos, local photographer, and um, three-time uh, alumni, uh, Average Man Podcast alumni. Uh, shout out to Ironworks, Functional Fitness Gym over this side of town in Port. Shout out to Life and Soul, so um, the gym I, I, I go to over in South Headland there. And um, so they've re- re- recently finished the extensions over there. So the F45, which is sort of run by the same people, has now been they've been pushed out to the other side of the, the of the building um, where, where they've expanded into, and the the gym itself, the Life and Soul gym. Is about double the size of, of uh, what it was before, and it's it's awesome. And there's a big foyer area. The crazy is bigger. There's a functional fitness section in there now as well. Um, haven't got many more weights, machines, and, and whatnot yet, but the um, just the space in there is heaps better, man. So I've been loving loving that this last week as well. So big shout out to, to Life and Soul and their extension they've done over there. And I got I believe they got some cool. Um, sort of, I think they call it Soul Ride, like a spin class and shit like that coming coming pretty soon and a few other things lined up. So looking forward to that one. That, that should be pretty cool when that all kicks off. Um, shout out to Pilbara Adventure Riders, um, Northwest Muay Thai, Sharpton Spearfish, Intelling Designs, all the people around town who are, are, you know support me and who have been on the podcast and Nathan, Nathan uh, Grok and you know, all, everyone, everyone who's been on the, on the podcast and who um, listens and supports me and everything. Um, yeah, big shout out as well to Will Smith from last week. William Smith from last uh, last week, the podcast we did about um, sorry, it was a fortnight ago now. Um, yeah, about the one man musical, uh, don't draw don't draw pictures of dicks. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's all the shout outs done. So yeah, so this is my first solo podcast for a little while, and I've kind of been. Um, yeah, they kind of been fortnightly over the last couple of months instead of weekly, um, which is kind of just a little bit of it's been timing. Like I had a lot on last weekend, some going away drinks and, and stuff like that kind of rolled out over Friday and Saturday night and I was buckled on the Saturday. Um, and oh, there was a camping trip in there as well. There's also just been a couple of weekends where I just haven't had the juice the go-go juice to, to, to get them done every single week, man. Um, and there's no excuses for that. I'm just a little bit, as I said, a little bit low on the go-go juice this, this time of year. But um, I, I am going to make sure I, I hit them every week, rolling up to Christmas, get back on my game. Um, yeah, and, and I've said that on, on Instagram. I'm saying it now on the podcast as well to keep myself accountable um, to, that, to that goal. So I really want to keep this shit weekly up until the, the rest of the year. I've got, a, I've got a, another interview coming up next week with uh, Callum McGowan and his partner Kelsey. People for who listen to this might know Callum, uh, Buddy. He's, uh, they were recently over in the States. They went to Burning Man Festival, so I've been meaning to get them on to chat about that for a little while. I've just been trying to tee it up. He's a hard man to lock down sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think next weekend is going to be the weekend, so we'll punch that one out. I think I might try and get Carlos back on here as well before the end of the year and have a chat about his... Uh, Southwest Adventure. Um, I'll see if Brad wants to come on and talk about the um, the Christmas carols upcoming soon too. So yeah, a few things to to uh, punch out before the end of the year. 
um, plenty of people to talk to. So we'll get back on the on the bandwagon and, and um, punch them out every week from from now on moving forward. As I said, man, I've been a little bit uh, low energy sort of lately, um, which is why those podcasts have, have, have one of the reasons those podcasts have been fortnightly lately instead of weekly. And man, I just I'm just a bit low. I'm just a bit low energy and, and sort of ready for a bit of a break. Like I'm ready for a break from from headlands, you know. Um, one of the big things I like to do on this podcast, as people that listen regularly know, is I like to talk about all the positives of Pedland, the community and the town. And you know, I'm a big ag- advocate for this town and the and the shit that people are doing around town and the things that there is to do in town. And I'm I'm really yeah I'm I'm a big advocate for it. And I'm really positive about this place, you know. And um, but I'm also uh. I'm also I also pride myself on on honesty and and speaking what I actually feel and and um yeah being honest with you guys you know basically if you're giving me the time to listen to this I'll do my best to um to tell you the the truth and 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 um I guess right now part of the truth is that I'm a bit run down man so you can't I don't want to do some uh you know like a low energy negative sort of podcast that's not what this is at all but I do have to acknowledge the fact that man it's been, <clears throat> I think we're sitting at about eight months now since I've had a break, a holiday, anything like that. Um, another month, six weeks or whatever till we get out of town. So it'll be a good nine months in town, just head down working and, um, you know, young kids and, and work and all that kind of shit, man. And, and sometimes it just, it, it gets you a little bit. And I'm at that stage where I am, I am ready for a break. I definitely, definitely looking forward to the, the Christmas break, man. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, as well, it can be hard to to. So I recently had um, a bloke that was was working with us, and I, and I sort of became, pretty, you know, became pretty pretty good mates in a short period of time, and I think that that friendship will definitely carry on into the future. But he just recently left town, you know, um, for for his own reasons, and that happens in East town as well. You know, people come and they go, and it's not, you know, it's not for everyone. There's, you know, there was another. I don't want to tell a man's story, but there, there was an addition to their family coming along, I guess, which is what sparked the whole thing. And, you know, you got to do what keeps your whole family happy and that kind of shit. So he sort of moved on and and, and it was a little, you know, I, I, was, I was a bit spilled about it, man. It's, it's hard to meet, for me at this stage of my life, like people that I really click with and connect with. Like I think that I give so much time to work and then family and then a few of my own little hobbies like this podcast and you know I do shit around the house quite often and try and squeeze in some other uh, other um, you know like hobbies fishing and things like that so to 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 really find friends and connect with them and find the time to make it all work it's, it's this stage of my life is it's pretty hard man uh, and it's taken me a while to get my head around that because I've all I was always a guy growing up that always had like quite a lot of friends I was very very social I always had big groups of friends and then as I got older I started getting more um like having a higher standard and being more picky with with who I gave my time to like I'll chat to anyone have a beer with anyone and, and have a yarn and and you know I'm not a I'm not a snob I'm not anti-social but to actually go out of my way to dedicate time like half a day a few hours whatever it is you know of my time to spend with someone like I'm, I'm, I've become more more um picky and cautious and with that and with who I give that time to as I've got older and that's something I've done deliberately you know you you, you got to cultivate the right people and hang around the right people they they always say people say that uh, you are the, the you are your five closest friends you know like the people who you give all your time to and spend all your time with that they're going to have a huge influence on who you are and and um yeah in 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 life so I am picky with my time and who I give it to and and being in a smaller town and being busy with work and having young kids and all that kind of shit, I guess it is hard sometimes to, to make it all come together um, and actually have a good group and community of friends. So to meet someone and who really has a like, who's a like-minded sort of person to me, we think about a lot of th- things that are, are the same, on the same vein, you know, and um, to have that and then have them leave town, you know, which happens as, you know, it's just sometimes, uh, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth and it kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit this time of year as well. As I said, I, I suppose I was already starting to run the tyres down a little bit. And um, so I'm, that's where I'm at, man. I'm a little bit, eh, I'm a little bit struggling at the moment this time of year. So, um, you know, I probably only hit, 
I probably only hit about half of my goals that I wanted to achieve this year. Uh, and I put a lot of that down to the fact that I really, the first part of the year was just sort of really hectic. Um, and it kind of got away from me a fair bit, so I really had to just buckle it down for the whole second half of the year and with the whole sort of two-thirds of the year, really the end two-thirds of the year and, and just buckle down. So I think next year we're going to plan it out a little bit better as far as spacing out time away from Headland and, and our money and all that kind of stuff and um, not just have a hectic whirlwind beginning to the year that you have to kind of make up for for the rest of the year. So it's it's um, it definitely, yeah, where I'm at is... Looking forward to having a break. Looking forward to the Christmas break. It's been a positive year in a lot of ways. Like I, I, I say, I've only hit half of my goals this year, but I have hit half of my goals this year, so that's good, you know. But it gives me motivation to make sure when I come back and I'm refreshed and I'm ready to tackle things again that I have a bit more of a plan and, and I actually want to nail a lot of those things, write right shit down. I, I probably had too many goals that weren't specified on paper, so they weren't getting hit and right, ripped, like crossed off the list physically. Um, I need to change that for, for next year. Um, and, yeah, yeah, have a bit of a plan. But it's been a positive year. It has been a positive year for me in other ways. It's been a positive year in the fact that uh, at work, work's come like come a long ways and we're quite busy. Um, I've sort of... Um, I, I try not to talk about work too much on my podcast and get specific, but I am sort of, you know, moving forward in, in, in my role and probably being off, you know, there'll be other roles for me to to, um, to, to take on in leading into next year, um, which has been good. Um, so I'm nailing goals there. I'm learning a lot and, and sort of growing at work. That's, that's a massive positive, but you need more than just work in, in your life. I'm massive on that. So maybe outside of that, I, I need to do a bit better at on, in... in um, in my passions and stuff, man. And I guess that's where I'm getting. Like the passion pit is a little bit drained. The pool's a little bit empty at the moment. So I'm ready for that break. I'm ready to be revitalized. I'm ready to have three weeks off over Christmas, which is what it's going to be. It's going to be a three-week break, um, which will be lovely, man. I haven't had any more than a week off at a time. Even those the, the holidays I had at the start of this year, they were only a week at a time, you know, which is cool if, you, if you're doing them every sort of three, four months. You know, you have a week off here and there. But... Because um, it's been this long, have a nice three weeks off. Um, I feel like I'm going to be really revitalized when I when I come back from that. Man, it doesn't take a lot for me, you know. I've got a pretty good outlook on life. I'm pretty positive generally, uh, and to have a bit of a positive experience over Christmas and the break and the time off and, and all that, I think it's really really going to refill my cup, and I'll come back ready to to jump on it and and um, yeah, just do a better job next year, man. You can't you can't be on top all the time. That's bullshit. That's not real life. So I guess that's where I'm getting at. I'm cool. I'm all sweet. I'm still happy. I'm still positive. I'm still having fun. Uh, but I am having these down points now that are kind of, oh man, harder to get up and out of and shit like that. So yeah, a little bit down. And again, I just wanted to be honest with people who are listening. And this is something that when, you, when you're feeling a bit empty, you're feeling a bit down, you're feeling a bit low, you're feeling a bit trained. You know, all that positive, that motivational positivity shit can sometimes really get on your nerves. So I noticed that because I love that shit. I use it as fuel. I use it as fire. But when I'm feeling a little bit, a little bit like this, some of those same uh, mediums that I like to use as fuel and as fire, and, and, and I like to um, get a kick out of. Sometimes they're kind of at this stage. I'm like, oh man, okay, fuck off. I'm not feeling that vibe right now. So I'm trying to do the opposite and go. Look, man, I'm I'm positive. I'm um, I am a motivated person. I do want to motivate people and, 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 and bring positivity to your life, but I'm also trying to be a real dude here and say, yeah, sometimes things are shit, man. We do what we do, what we, do what we need to to get through and to get by. Um, look forward to the things that you have to look forward to. Be grateful for the blessings that you do still have, and I am I am that as well. Um, I'm, I'm a very lucky man. I've got a beautiful family. I've got a good job. I do love where I live. I'm just aware of where I am at the moment in this situation, I'm a little bit fucking drained, man. So, um, but yeah, what we're gonna do for that Christmas break, three weeks down down south, is um, excuse me, just having a sip of my drink. Um, it's just water. We're just drinking water, and I put a little bit of ice in it, and I cut a bit of apple and I put it in there, and then I put some gin in it as well. 
because you got to put gin and apple together. So, okay, I'm drinking gin. Right, I'm drinking gin. So, over the Christmas break, man, we're going down to Perth, but we again talking about making plans. We 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 got caught up in a whirlwind last year, and and sort of all our time got chewed up, and we felt like we didn't have enough time while we were down there. And the days we had free, we kind of felt like they were wasted days. It was like, what, what are we doing today? We, we weren't like set for down days. We you know, so. We're going down with a bit more of a plan this year, and we're also trying not to spend too much time in Perth um, because we love family. We love going down there, but there's also other things we want to do with our time, not just hanging around in Perth, man. So we're going down to Perth on that. We're driving out on the Friday the 20th, December. Look at landing in Perth. We're rolling up in Perth on the, the Saturday. That'll be a, a write-off afternoon, early night, sort of, and then catch up and a bit of a bit of a chilled out Sunday, catch up with some family and have some, have a lunch and that kind of thing and maybe get out somewhere close, get the kids out and do a, just a little bit. Um, and then Monday was sort of jumping into it where the kids going to hang out with Arnie, with their auntie and their cousins for the day. We'll go do our Christmas shopping and then go hit the Christmas lights that night. And then um, then the Tuesday, yeah, I've got a bunch of cool shit done in it, like plan. We're going to, me and the boy are going to go to... Um, the new Jumanji movie and hit up time zone and shit like that. The girls might go out and have a movie day as well and just hang out with the boy for a little bit. And then it'll be Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. I think we're staying there for Boxing Day also. And then we're jetting straight out of town. So we're there for like the Saturday Arvo, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then we bail out, head down south. And we're going to go through the inland road from Perth straight down to Albany. Uh, I think we'll probably stop off at, there's some camping spots near Bluff Knoll. So we'll stop off, not probably, we will. We're going to spend a couple of nights at the camping spot near Bluff Knoll and um, have a bit of a look around there. I've never been to Bluff Knoll, so we'll check that out. And uh, then head down to Albany. And from Albany, we'll spend probably a night there and then slowly start making our way back up via the coast. So Albany to Denmark, Pemberton, and then sort of here, Margs, Augusta, um, yeah, Bustleton, Bunbury, all that, that sort of shit, all back up on the way slow journey back up to Perth and then we'll be in Perth for probably about five or six days again where we can do some more of our like catch up with family, do a bit more shopping, uh, go out to some of the pubs, eat dinner, nice spots that we don't get to do up in Headland, all that kind of shit once that Christmas rush has kind of died off. So we'll get there, we'll hit the we'll hit it for Christmas time, we'll get caught up in all that Christmas spirit lights, go to the shops, get our shopping done, see family, all that kind of cool crazy shit, then we'll fuck off out of town for a little bit miss the whole New Year's Eve fucking hectic period. We'll just be camping and, and staying in little small towns, sort of even further down south than, than Margaret River and that where it all gets crazy as well. And then we'll slowly make our way back up sort of on the 1st, the 2nd of, of January when things start to slow down a little bit and normal people start going back to work and it's more just your your families with um, holidays, like school kids with school holidays and shit like that who are, who are still kicking around. And it works well because my... Uh, my family, my my sister's a full time um, mum. She homeschools and stuff, so she'll be home during that period. My brother in law, her her husband, he's he works. Uh, he's a um, a minister and he works for the school as well, so he'll be off that time of the year. My mum is now uh, retired. And my dad is a teacher as well, so they're all off. My whole family's all off. Um, so it's good for me. Emma's family will have to keep working. Uh, her her mum works at the uni, so she'll be off that time of the year as well. So it's good. A lot of people we know that falls into their holiday period. So we've got friends and family we can catch up with and shit while we're there. So that'll be cool, man. And um, yeah, like I said, I'm just looking forward to hitting, you know, it's the, the pubs down there and the good pub food and all that kind of shit. Just do the stuff that you miss out on when you're in town here. I'm fucking craving for it a little bit, to be honest. But it's all good. It's coming, coming soon, and it's um. Yeah, I can see the light now, man. We're, we're six weeks away from this shit, so it'll be happening before I know it. Um, I'll just quickly cruise through some some uh, public, uh, public uh, local events at the moment. So I'm um, just reading a quick message I got about some... All right, cool. Just uh, the news story that I was... Media story I was going to talk about... Later on in the podcast, I just wanted to get uh, confirmation that 
another person who's involved with that story is, is cool for me to talk about it. And I just got the all clear, so that's good. Um, yeah, so local events, man. We've got, um, to my disgust, the Port Pools. Uh, they're not Gratwick Aquatic anymore. It's Port Leisure, I think, run it. Um, but it's Town of Port Hedland who, who, who I guess, own that whole um, that whole centre there. Port Pools are still not open, man. So like, we're going on fucking two years where they've been closed and they've done all this renovation work and then the pipes burst underneath the ground. They had to rip it up and redo all that and they had, they had the whole thing basically finished, ready to open and apparently the tiles in the pool, uh, I think it might be specifically in the kids' pool, um, are not the correct colour. There's a specific, exact correct colour code the tiles in a pool like that need to be, and they had the wrong colour. And I'm talking about a code, so they're like blue, but they weren't SCB209 or whatever, you know what I mean? They weren't the right fucking code, so they literally had to rip all the tiles up out of the pool and redo them all again. So, like, they were going to be open in October. That would have been nearly two years since they've been open. Um... And then they said, oh, it's going to be end of, Octo- end of October. Old mate said he was going to open and man the tills himself to make sure they were open at the end of October. And then it was, oh, it'll be start of November. And then it's, oh, I think end of November. And now I think they're just saying, we don't know. We don't fucking know. It's, it, there's some definite fucking incompetence going on here. And you can point fingers and blame and say this happened and that happened and that happened. But... Doesn't matter. Somewhere along the line, that this trail leads to incompetence on the part of probably several people, and these fucking pools aren't open still, man. It drives me mad. This morning I had to drive fucking to South, take the kids for a swim. When I live two streets away from the port pools, get your fucking shit together. Open the pools. So that's happened or hasn't happened, should I say? Uh, what else is kicking around? There's um, the new blocks um, are being. They're released. There's a bunch of new blocks. We've actually got some through through work. We're doing three new builds, which is cool. Having them built a new house from scratch in about four years, I think. Um, so that's pretty cool, pretty exciting for us and, and for other builders in town. There's going to be more tenders coming out soon. But, yeah, I think the idea is along Athol Street and some other places around Pretty Pool and whatnot, there are, they're releasing a bunch of, of new blocks for, for new builds. Um, which is good for the building industry, as I said, but the reason they're doing that is because they're really getting ready. They, I say they, I know the town of Port Hedland are building new houses, I know BHP are looking at building some new houses as well, um, because BHP are really looking at this West End buyback scheme that's been sort of talked about going on for a while now, and I think that they're really starting to get close with a lot of the local residents, the, the private residents and shit, um, they've been leaning, leaning on them for a while. I guess those prices are starting to come up again now where it looks more, um, yeah, it looks more, what's the word? It definitely starting to look better if you're a local resident and you own property in that end of town. Those prices are coming up now. It's starting to look like uh, something you probably might want to want to consider doing. So this whole West End buyback thing, man, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know enough about it. Um, and the whole history there and everything to, to run my mouth about it or anything too much. Um, but I will anyway. Uh, look, man, I think it's fucking bullshit. They, I believe the BHP have bought the, the Esplanade, the Pier, Silverstar, obviously a bunch of private property up near the dome there. There's some vacant blocks and shit like that that, that, that they own and they've bought recently and they're looking to really just buy back as much property as they can on the west end of town, so they can just own that hole in the town, man. And I don't know how that's good. I don't know how that's good, man, where industry can just buy that, the local residents, and go, you know what, fuck all this bullshit. We don't want to operate um, with any sort of um, restrictions on us as far as what the local residents feel and think and want. We just want to buy the fuckers out and just run our monopoly, fucking monolithic, fucking multi-billion dollar corporation exactly the way we want. So... I don't know, it's, it seems like some fucking movie from the 80s, like where some fucking mining town buys a, uh, mining company buys up a whole town and run the fucking local residents out and shit like that, you know, like, I'm sure I've seen that plot multiple times in old fucking movies, and it's happening in our fucking town, 
but man, as I said, I don't fucking know enough about the whole the whole thing to really ha- have a, a, an educated opinion on it. I'm just saying, I don't like the idea of it. I don't like the idea of it, man. I don't. I don't like the idea of businesses being bought up by BHP and run by them through ESS either, man. Like I like the idea of uh, people who are actually invested in the community and 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 in that business on a personal level to own those companies and run them. But having said that, at the same time they run, they own the Esplanade and the Esplanade are doing a good job. You know, they're having a crack there. They've got good management staff. Um, you know, they're they're. Whoever is actually managing that and running that and makes the decisions there of the day-to-day running of the place, they're doing good things. It can always be better. It's Port Hedland, it's hard to get good chefs and keep them in town and all that kind of shit, but they're really doing good things. They're always having events there. Um, you feel like you're in a nice place when you go there, you know what I mean? So, and I know the Silver Train, the Silver Star, whatever you fucking want to call it, you know, they do a good breakfast and, and, and a good coffee and stuff like that too. So, I don't know, man. It's a hard one. I don't like it in theory, um, but that doesn't mean that it actually is going to be anything negative in reality. That's, I guess that's, we'll just suck and see. And I don't know how far that whole West End buyback scheme goes. Like, where does that West End cut off? Because they're still talking. I seen, I saw uh, on Town of Port Hedland's website uh, on the Facebook page, I think last week they had a, a community meeting or public meeting about um, ideas and drafts for, uh, for this marina. It looks like this marina is actually going ahead. I know people have been talking about it for 10 or 15 years or whatnot, but that marina at the spoil bank looks like it's really, really going ahead. So is that the cutoff point for the West End? Would you say that Howe Street that comes up and turns, comes up off Anderson Street, it's a big hill, and if you get to the top of it, you turn left, John King's Mill, and you turn right, you're on Sutherland Street. Like, would that, would that be the cutoff for the West End? Um, because yeah, obviously you're looking at developing that, and, and um, I guess I guess that probably would be a eh? so Kings Mill Street, Morgan Street, heading back towards the dock or towards the pier, and um, Anderson Street, heading back towards the pier from that point. I guess all that's all all West End, but then you've got like it's a weird thing. I don't know, man. I don't know what they're trying to achieve by buying all that property back. Are they just going to leave those houses vacant? Are they going to bulldoze them all and you're just going to have a few little businesses spotted throughout there? Like you're going to have Dome and then you're going to have the Headland Harbour Cafe and you're going to have the Esplanade and you're going to have a few bits and pieces spotted throughout there and then all the residential uh, housing's just going to be fucking empty or are they just going to put their own people in there? And I don't know. The whole thing's fucking quite weird. It'd be nice to know what the, the game plan is um, around that one, but yeah. I'm not the man to talk to. I just sit behind a fucking microphone and, and muse about things and talk shit. So. <sighs> Sorry, just having some water. <clears throat> Gin in it. Um, so, what else we got going on? I know there's a couple of new daycares that are being built um, in town as well. I think there's one in the, in the old library in South. Um, and there's... Uh, the TAFE there's a, there's a I'm not sure if it was a daycare at one stage but there's a um, a daycare being built at the old TAFE no, not the Pundalmyra TAFE but the one across like the one near BP you drive down the main drag into into Headland from that way there's um that old shitty TAFE there they're, they're building a new daycare centre there which is all good news man like we need more daycares in, in fucking town everyone, everyone who anybody who works and has children in this town knows the truth of that so so that's all good that's all good shit um, what else we got going on, man? They're still doing some stuff around town, even though it's hot as fucking Satan's balls. Um, outside on the weekends, I know they did food markets down at um. I can't say it. My wife said it to me today. The name of the park, and she just nailed it. That black fella lingo, she's got it down now. Um, Marapunya. The park, the park across like near near dome, near the boat ramp, and and all that kind of shit. That park, there's a there's a park there. They do some um some stalls there they did some food markets there and shit last night and they got and they got a pretty good turnout there's a pop-up bar they have down there which is too bloody bad i'd go down and have a have a beer there i reckon uh i guess christmas carols obviously coming up i need to get hold of brad holder from pcc and see how involved he is with that this year again and if if he wants to come on the podcast and have a yarn about it uh we'll go down to the carols for show i love christmas carols love me some christmas carols man um so that's coming up It'll be Christmas parties coming up. I've got mine on the 22nd, I think, of uh, November yeah, at the Esplanade. That should be bloody good. We've got a bit of a bigger crew than we had last year. Go down and have a few drinks. By that time, I should have uh, forgotten about the hangover I suffered 
the weekend just passed. It wasn't so much a hangover. It was just just raped my body and soul. I went out. Um, um, I went out on Friday. So Friday night we had beers, um, sort of to see off officially see off the um, the bloke I was just talking about uh, from work who, who was leaving town. And then on the Saturday night we had an unofficial send off with a few of us uh, other boys who were a little bit tighter in the in the crew or whatever. Um, and we went out and. That bitch went on till fucking for me went on till three thirty or something, um, in the in the morning, which is a big night for old Davo. Old Davo doesn't do a lot of three a.m. nights these days. Uh, I didn't really enjoy three a.m. nights when I was a young fella. I did them. I fucking did them every single weekend, but all nighters and all that kind of shit. But it was always hard for me, man. Some people are just. Are just animals, and and me and old mate who sent off we were we were out for. Same as me, he's, he's, he's a married man with, with you know, a young kid, another one on the way, and he's, he's a builder, and he's a carpenter, and he's got his head on his shoulders, all that kind of shit, but he's got a wild past, old old mate, and uh, he let the, the, the beast out a little bit on the weekend. Just, you know, he didn't misbehave or anything, but just his taste for it. Yeah, he let his smeagle out a little bit, and he was out fucking till one o'clock on the Friday night and then he was out all Sunday night then kept drinking all Sunday and fucking went home at some time Sunday evening and he was telling me how back in the day he used to be able to do that for three days closer to a week or whatever I was like you're a fucking animal man I don't have that in me um which I'm glad of but you know and he's glad he's changed he's not that man anymore or whatever but he let he let the he let the, the animal let just poke its little head out just a little bit you know, he's like, little smeagle. Yeah, he's got the taste of the beer. And he's out and he's off and he just fucking loves it, mate. I just don't have the energy for that. I don't have the legs. I just fucking, it was 3.30 in the morning. We ended up back. By that stage, we'd been to a couple of places. We were back at my brother's house, walking distance from home. We were sitting out on the front porch bit. Started actually got a little bit cold in the middle of the night. And I started dozing off in my chair, caught myself dozing, popped my head up and said, right, that's it. I'm fucking done. I've got nothing else to offer to the situation, to the conversation. Uh, it's all downhill here from me. So I just jumped up and cruised on home. It took me 10 minutes, 15 minutes to walk home or something. I came home, I was in home. I was at home in bed by four o'clock. And, um, and that was me done, man. And yeah, those mad bastards. My brother, I think, flaked out and probably you know, later on, or earlier on that Sunday morning, he didn't go out anywhere else. But the other lads sort of, Re, there was another, another group of us who'd split and went a different direction. They all regrouped at someone else's house and drank piss around the pool all day and then went to the pub later on that afternoon and hit the pubs up. And I just could not fathom going out anywhere social and drinking again after I'd been up till 3am fucking drinking that night. It took me till Wednesday or some shit to, to recover from it. And... Uh, Probably a little bit longer than that, to be honest, because I had late nights all all night this all uh, every night this week because my my daughter's been running amok, just fucking running amok, um, going backwards on toilet training and shit like that. Man, we we had her there, we had her there. She was toilet trained, and then I think there's actually some physical issues going on with her stomach and and whatnot at the moment. My wife's gonna get onto that next week and take her to the to the doctors and the pediatrician and, and get her all looked at and sussed out. But yeah, she's just pissing and shitting all over the place, man. Like it's fucked up. It's fucked up. So I was up late every night, that was the point of, of that part of the story anyway. All week, so I was kinda burning the candle at both ends, uh, a little bit. So it fucked me, man. And that whole Detour was just to say that hopefully I'm keen to have a few drinks and, and um, socialise again by the 22nd of November this month. I'm sure I will be. But you know, you have those weeks or those weekends and those nights out or whatever and you come to the end of it and you're like, fuck, I'm never drinking again. I don't need this. I don't need this as part of my life. I'm not doing that again. And then, you know, a certain amount of time passes and you forget that you felt like that and you're like, yeah, I'm fucking keen for it. And you uh, go out and do it all again but yeah we'll see what happens there I'm sure there's a bunch of uh, bunch of work parties work do's and shit coming up uh, soon as well and I guess that leads me to the last final last but not least uh, local event that I came across and felt was worth talking about uh, this week 
And I'll just have a sip of my beverage before I get into this. So, Ngara, Ngara, I don't know how you fucking say it, Ngara Media, putting you on blast, yo. They put out a story earlier this week. Um, one side of a story earlier this week uh, about the services provided by WA Community Health to the Andiara community. Um, basically, they had been in contact with one or two or three or a couple of members of that community or perhaps someone who works in the community there, uh, not one of the... Well, they live there, but not one of the actual local residents, maybe somebody who works there. I'm not going to mention any names and go into the specifics here because I'm not going to bite myself um, on the foot or put my partner in it, but perhaps somebody else who works out there and, and runs some, certain establishments out there um, got hold of these people as a bit of a tactic, playing some games, and gave one opinion of what they think of the nursing and doctor's service provided by WA Health WA Country Health and Royal Flying Royal Flying Royal Flying Doctors Service who go out there with the nurse and run a clinic every week. Um, that nurse is my wife. She's the Antiara nurse, community nurse. And she fucking loves her job. Like loves her job. When we were younger and we'd you know, at first met her and everything. She had a dream when she was still studying nursing, you know. She had this dream of um, working in Africa one time, and, you know, probably just from the, you see movies and all that kind of shit, young and romantic. And she wanted to work with the specifically kids and communities and stuff like that over in Africa, and, and um, that was just a dream that she had as a nurse. Uh, as we got older, you know, life just takes its tolls and twists and turns, and you end up doing things sometimes more practical and just what's sort of, in front of you and offered to you at the time. And I always had the opinion that you should look after your own backyard first. You know, that's my opinion. And then she ended up getting a job up here the first time around and did some um, community nursing in town and, and sort of got a taste for... She met a lot of the Aboriginal people and, and sort of learned a bit about their culture. And um, and she was always scared of of of, um, of, of Aboriginal blackfellas, you know, when we were down in Perth. You know, people who listen to this podcast know I'm, know I'm part blackfellow myself. Um, so I speak candidly about this shit, I don't care. But so down in Perth, you know, you got different, they're different people. They live 1,800 kilometres away. They're completely different uh, mob of, mob of um, blackfellas down there. And it's in Perth, I believe that the Noongar people from down there um, who were one of the, you know, they were a big, big mob in WA. Um, I believe that probably a lot to do with the fact that their culture and their land was swallowed up by a city, that there's people who have very little, a lot of the people there have very little connection to land and culture down there. Um, and perhaps they're uh, just a different mob of 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 um people from the from the get-go but for whatever reason there's a big a big group of people down in perth from, from the young the young people who are very you know they got a reputation of being quite aggressive and shit you know and when you go to schools with, with a lot of a lot of black fellas certain people whatever rub them up the wrong way and uh you can get you know you can get Life can be quite tricky for you, getting him, him getting picked on, getting him blues, whatnot. But um, so what I'm getting at here is that Em was always scared of blackfellas when she lived down in Perth. She didn't have much um, interaction with them, only through school. She got bullied and shit like that. And there was some pretty aggressive fucking crew around where we grew up. Um, you know, around in the northern suburbs, Perth there. So 
coming up here, she finally started working around some, you know, some black fellas and, and working with them in the community and getting to actually know them and learn a bit about their culture and all, all that kind of shit. And she fell in love with that culture, man. And that whole passion about, oh, I want to work in, in Africa with the African people and help them out and all that kind of shit, that got transferred over to very much to my pleasure, to the, to the Aboriginal people. She loves the Aboriginal um, culture and the community and she wants to be a part of it she wants to a part of it as in do her part um, you know um, and she just loves working with them she loves working for that community so to 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 have this um, this story put out about the service provided by wax and there was specific mention of, of the nurse as well by a couple of people to have that put out and not be contacted and not have her side of the story um, told or even they, there was no recourse, no chance for recourse given that nobody uh, got hold of her or wanted any of the doctors or any any representatives from WA Community Health Service at all to find out their point of view on this story. To have that happen was a little bit of a kick in the teeth for it. And it's funny because we all know... Um, again, this is why I chose the song Media by John Butler at the start of this podcast. We all know that the media spin tales just to just for a good story. They're not quite, not necessarily. Some journalists are. Some journalists are very. Um, they have very strong. Uh, what's the word? I'm, I'm blanking on the word here. They have you know very strong strong morals is not a word for it. But anyway, they they really. Um, they have the strong morals in there and they try and do the right thing and tell both sides of the story. Uh, integrity is the fucking word. They have a lot of integrity and some don't. Some are just after a, a good story. And it's probably hard these days as well with, with internet stories and clickbait and, and all that kind of shit. You need stories and titles and headlines and shit that are going to grab people's attention, right? But I think that decent journalists, if you're a real journalist, the whole part of it is to get one side of the story and then at least contact the people who are on the other side of that story, give them a chance to give their point of view, ask them to make a comment, um, you know, give them some sort of chance for recourse, and that did not happen. So there's one side of the story. Um, you're asking people their opinion on events that took place several months ago, um, you know, and you're trying to basically, they've got an idea, they've got an opinion, they've got a story and they want to find people in the community who will confirm that story in their own way. That's that's confirmation bias. My cat's purring right to the microphone right now. Come on, Monty, don't be a douche. So that's confirmation bias. You hear a story or you make up a story or whatever it is, then you find the people to talk to who will confirm that story, ask them the right questions to get the right answers and then you don't look any further and you don't look for people who have any information or uh, an opinions contrary to that and then you don't get hold of the people who you're talking about to give them chance, a chance to give their side of the story. It's very, very one-sided. It's bullshit. It's media spinning a yarn to basically to get a sensationalist story out there and really not giving the other people their opinion to... to, to, um, to, 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 to flesh the story out, man. And as I said... We all know this about media, and you see it and you hear it, and 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 um, it's no no big surprise. But to to know that and to hear it, and then to be on the like very close to the home of a, a story about people that you know and and people's um, um, people's work and relationships that people have with other with others in their job and through the community to 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 be as to see that. Uh, up close and personal, that is an, is another thing because in, because this, you're talking about people's feelings and people's um, people's reputations, you know their their work, uh, their reputations at work and and things like that and and it's it's I think very um, irresponsible to just go out and give the one side of the story like that and act as if you're talking about faceless, nameless people when you're not. It's a small community, and the people you're talking about. Um, who work for the the uh, service that you're talking about, who work for the organisation that you're talking about, are affected directly by this story. So, uh, as I said, man, it, there's one or two people you get a story from, and you do interviews and you put those out, 
um, via Facebook or via your website, whatnot, to confirm um, a, a story that you have, um, and then it as and then you and you throw that out there as, as if that's the truth, the whole truth, and that's the way the whole entire community feel. Well, I know, and my wife knows for a fact that she has a great relationship with some of her, some of the people out there, with a lot of the people out there, and in fact, the majority of the people out there. And she goes above and beyond. And I can't go into any specifics because it's, you know, it's one, it's not my place. Two, there's definite specific patient and um, nurse um, confidentiality um, procedures and clauses and whatnot to be followed. But what I'm saying is that my wife has gone out of her way specifically in, in multiple cases to do the right thing by people, to chase things up, to follow things up, not just with... Uh, other doctors and with her organisation and from her own end, but to chase it up and make sure the people, the, the patients that she's treating, know how serious it is, know how important what she's talking about is. Goes down and chases them up, makes sure they come to their appointments. If they don't rock up to their appointments, goes out there and hands them the next week or rings them up and says, where, where, where were you? Why weren't you at this appointment? Why weren't you here for this? Why weren't you here for that? Because that people, I read on the website there, they're talking. people are talking about, oh, this is a service, you know, so much for... Um, uh, medical service out in the communities everyone deserves medical attention you know deserves basic medical attention and uh, um, and uh, so much for closing the gap and all this kind of shit mate it's it goes both ways the whole reason there is a gap there is because we're dealing with people that don't have the same uh, access to information and knowledge that we just take for granted growing up so they don't understand sometimes the 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 depth of the situation, uh, or or the fact that the simple checkup, the sim the simple follow up consultation, or whatever it is, is absolutely necessary to for the continuity of the care involved in specific cases, and that's something that it's the job of the nurses. It's not their job, but that's something if you they love uh, and they're passionate about that they will chase up personally and doing that's something that my wife does it does a lot of that chasing up people and making sure they understand and then stay, sticking on to them about specific certain cases and there's also multiple cases where things looked fine um but there was maybe a little something amiss and my wife being the kind of person that she uses wasn't quite comfortable with a certain result or a certain um yeah um yeah basically a certain results and she went out of a way to follow things up with doctors and, and consulting specialists and pushing the point that I think this is there's something wrong with this person that we need to look into further and further and further. It's happened uh, two, I think, two or three times specifically, gone out of her way to then chase things up and there have been very positive results for those people that she's that she's done that with and chase, and when no one else was going to look into it any further, no one else was going to um, dig beneath the surface and put all the little different points together and, and make the case to go, hey, and there's actually something going on here. That's what she's done. That's what she does in this community, and that's what she, like I said, she's passionate about. She prides herself on that, and she prides herself on having good relationships with the people in this community. And then to just have one story, to go out there to speak to a handful of people, like two people, three people or some shit, and create this this media story where you uh where you sell it to the public that that is the general consensus in town this is the story this is what's happening this is what everyone in the community feels look we've got a couple of people talking on camera to do that and to use it to confirm your story um just and and without as i said earlier without giving the people who, who you're talking about the organization you're talking about any chance of recourse is just bullshit it's fucking bullshit and this is me doing my bit to give them a voice um, and without trying to get myself, well not myself, but without trying to get my wife or her organisation or anyone else in the shit, basically I'm just saying it's uh, it's not, everybody knows the saying, don't don't believe everything you read, uh, there's always two sides to the story, all that kind of shit and that goes for this fucking case specifically. Um, so yeah, if you see that story online, have a read of it, have a listen to it. Uh, understand that there's two sides to every story and that you don't have the whole story and then make your own mind up on it. But, yeah, for me, um, yeah, as I said as well, the, the hard work she's gone out of her way to do for specific members of that community and sometimes this is ongoing for months and months and months on end with her getting very frustrated because it's going nowhere and you're losing the trail and you have to pick it up and you have to be really stay on some people to, to make sure that they do their part to, to help these um um, situations progress in the right direction and then 
all that gets no mention. They just pick a, a, cherry pick a few specific events um, that, and tell it from one side of the uh, one side of the, uh, the story to, to to flesh it out, and make it look like a sensationalist fucking good meter story. So that's more bitch and moan about that. Um, I feel like I'm going on about it a little bit too much, and I do. I was really <laughs> trying not to trip over my own tongue there and say the wrong thing and put my my, my wife or her work or anyone else in the shit. But um, you know, we uh, it's my opinion. I've read the story. I've heard the other stories from the other side. It's not my wife saying this. It's not the organisation saying this. It's me. It's my opinion. Um, and I'm again. I'm 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 all for being fucking honest. Uh, I've been talking openly about things I dislike about BHP, what they're doing in this town, and things like that. That could come back to bite me on the ass sometime as well. I don't fucking know. Who fucking knows what the giant's gonna do? It could decide to squash me one day. Fuck knows. But you know, this is a podcast. We have this medium. I'm allowed to come on here and talk about my opinions. And um, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm using this time for. So, yeah, I hope that that gives people a little bit of an insight into that specific event and um, that specific media um, story. And, yeah, it's not always exactly... And it goes across the board. Anything you read isn't necessarily the fucking 100% truth. Normally, you need to read a story from the left hand, the left wing side, a story from the right wing side, a story from a, an outside media outlet, and then make your own mind up and mesh them in and find the truth somewhere in the middle. But unfortunately, with little stories from one side like that, you, this, you don't get a chance. You just get the one side of it, and that's fucking all that gets published. But anyway, enough of that. Um, I think I'm going to get out of here now. My dinner's ready. Um, so, yeah, man, next week I'll be back with uh, Callum and Kelsey. And to talk about Burning Man. And yeah, I'm going to keep rolling these out week after week after week up into Christmas. And I hope it wasn't too much of a drag today, man. I just, you know, I've fucking been feeling a little bit ah, lately and had to get it out. This is part of the reason I started this podcast as well, is to sweep out this crazy mind of mine and, and get it all out there um, and into the ether. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I did. Uh, Abish Man podcast, episode number 53. Uh, over and out. Peace.